the Chasing Truth podcast, bringing you a Gen Z perspective on social, political, and theological issues from a biblical worldview. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome once again to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. I am your host, Arlenis, and as we do every week, we bring you a new guest. And today we have the privilege to have two wonderful ladies that I've been enjoying so much listening to their podcast. Uh, they both host the Chasing Truth podcast. They are part of the BART Network. So a big shout out to our families of the BART Networks. And we're so very grateful to be part of this network and this wonderful family. And I'm very excited to just to get to know them better. I, I we've been in touch just through social media. So very thankful for social media. So I have Grace and Presley from the Chasing Truth podcast. And I'm just very excited for us to get to know them today. Thank you so much, guys. And here is my conversation with Grace and Presley from the Chasing Truth podcast. Welcome, Grace and Presley, to our podcast, Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. It's like a crossover, you know, the Chasing Truth podcast and Ordinary People. (laughs) Yes. So excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Yes, thank you. No, thank you, ladies, for joining me. Uh, I've been having a ton of fun listening to you because, you know, I, I look at your girls. I mean, I'm, you know, I look, you know, I'm young too, but still like I look at both of you and I'm like, wow, they look pretty young. But oh my goodness, how much wisdom the Lord have given the two of you on taking on, you know, some of the topics that you have discussed in your podcast. And I am just amazed, you know, how the word of God, you know, is the one that gives us the wisdom to be able to address those topics. So the very recent one that I've listened to is on justification with your pastor. Mm -hmm. And I do have to say, I enjoy listening to him because he was so fun. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Yeah, going to church every Sunday is like I feel like it's just I a party. Should, yeah, I feel like I'm in like a live tweeting session on a Sunday, and I'm like, Chris, put your phone away. <laughs> but no, it's great. Yeah, he it was it was a ton of fun. Just like you know, his conversation. He's actually very. Mm-hmm. It's very, it's like very young. I don't, I, I can't mm-hmm. even see his face. I don't know what he looks like, but he just sounds like with a very young spirit. Yes. Yeah. We'll have yep. to tell him that. Yep. <laughs> he would be probably, he would like that. Yeah. yeah tell him that you, he has a fan now that I really loved listening to him. And Sounds good. Him. Awesome. Well, yeah. we're glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And I mean, you know, I like to know what people, what everyone in the network is kind of bringing and mm-hmm. just trying to, you know, just trying to stay up to date with what's you know, what you, the content that you guys are bringing and um, really enjoy that. I mean, everyone, I don't know if uh, Marcy, I love Marcy. I already mm-hmm. had Marcy. I had Natalie and Katie love mm-hmm. their podcast too. So it's been a blessing. Just like I was telling you, I was talking to Dwayne a couple of minutes ago and just like telling him how grateful I am for the Bar Network and how all of us have been able to connect with each other through mm-hmm. social media because none of us, I haven't met any of you in person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've just loved the community too. Just, Mm -hmm. you know, in our age demographic, in our smaller, smaller city, you don't meet a whole lot of people that are reformed or who hold to God's words. And then we started the podcast and we're like communicating and getting to be friends with you guys and um, just everyone that's reached out that like, I'm going to someone's wedding in August just because she messaged us on the podcast platform. Like mm-hmm. just the friends we've made, it's been so fun. That is yeah. So it's just, yeah. It's just so encouraging to just the, the small little fam- family that we have now on the network and how, um, just caring people have been with welcoming us in because it definitely was intimidating joining as the youngest members. Um, definitely. Yeah. And, you know, just constantly questioning, you know, are we qualified? Do we know enough? Um, but like you said, we just have a passion for Christ and sharing the message of his gospel. And, um, we may not be the most qualified, but that's who was in the Bible, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not my qualification. It's, it's not my wisdom. It's everything we say that isn't heresy is by the grace of God and God's knowledge in us. And so we just really lean on that and really just say, okay, I'm not going to force anything here. God, what do you have for us this week? So 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just the guests that you bring over to your podcast. Like how much can you learn from them? Right. So much. Um, learning a church and getting involved in the church. Right. And learning from your pastor. Like we were just mm-hmm. talking. It's like, I mean, even pastors, they still are after all the years that they went, you know, into college or seminary and all the studies that they put into it. And yet how much study that do they have to do to prepare every sermon that they bring? Right. And that's oh, like yeah. a whole new level. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 No, but no, seriously, I, I've been, I've been able to learn from you, uh, from both of you. And it's just like, I love the passion that you guys have. Like, I'm like, man, they're on fire. These <laughs> ladies are on fire. And I just love that you have taken this platform to share the love that you have for Christ, but mm-hmm. also to speak to the young generation, you know, like to mm-hmm. the younger generation that later on, I will be asking you, you know, because now we live in a culture that it's about like, you know, like the me love culture, you know, like yeah. self-love and all these things. And just the, the danger that there is, you know, in, 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 in this movement nowadays. So I do want to hear uh, from you ladies later on, but before that, Obviously, you know, our goal is to get to know our guests. And by that, it's by sharing their testimony. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's what we mainly focus, right? On bringing the testimony of salvation. And I will begin with Presley, since you're like already like on my left side here. Yes, yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, not a crazy testimony by any means, um, but I grew up in the Catholic Church, was uh, told the gospel at a very young age, uh, but definitely did not understand it and understand it in its depth, but um, grew up in the Catholic church. We ended up leaving the Catholic church when I was around seven or eight and came to a Baptist, more like Bible-based church. And then when I was nine, um, just totally desired to give my life to Christ, uh, was baptized and I don't think I still fully understood it at that age, but I was like, I loved Jesus. I just, I was just this little Jesus loving girl and, um, so joyful and, and yeah. And then coming into my freshman year of high school, I feel like that was my point where I really made my faith, my own, um, really started to just, the way I explain it is things just started to click. Like I was all of a sudden these gospel doctrines and, um, difficult things that I didn't understand before were making sense. And I just had that fire to read the Bible more, to learn more about who God is and it's his character and, and basically have just been growing ever since. So that is that that's my testimony in a nutshell. And how I like also to know just a little bit about like the whole background, like your childhood with your parents, you know, like siblings, whoever, right? And the whole dynamic and the whole environment at home. What was it like for you? Yeah. So um, unfortunately, I did not grow up with a dad. It was just, I was just raised by a single mom. Um, so that was definitely a difficult part of my growing up um, and something that I wrestled with a lot of struggling with being sad of not having a father. Um, so I guess in an aspect that is a huge part of my testimony of just fully relying on God as the best father I'll ever have. Um, and so then, um, yeah, I grew up with a single mom and we actually did foster care starting when I was five. So I've had tons of siblings <laughs> in a way, um, cause otherwise I would be an only child. Um, so we've done foster care for going, 14 years now. Yeah. 14 years. And over that, over the course of those 14 years, we've had, I think just 30 to 32 kids, um, in our home throughout that time. So yeah, that is, that has been huge in my life of caring for and loving on these children who have been through horrible circumstances. Um, but just sharing the gospel with them and seeing the beauty of that and seeing them desire to learn more about Christ and some of them give their lives to Christ. So yeah, it's just been incredible. And what a great opportunity, right? Like you said, to share the gospel with these kids that probably have never heard about mm-hmm. Christ. Oh, just a lot of them too, coming from those difficult family circumstances and maybe not having a mom or a dad and don't have that. So just sharing Christ with them and telling them, you know, this is the best father you will ever have. This is the best everything. Like Christ is all that it, it like this is the main thing that will bring you joy in life so yeah it's yeah. the only hope that we have and the hope we can give them do you guys start doing this after you both become believers or or this is prior to 
my, this was kind of when my mom was transitioning from the Catholic church and kind of wrestling with and realizing maybe everything they're teaching isn't biblical. And this is kind of funny. I always tell people this because we always, you know, uh, give Joel Osteen a hard time, but my mom actually one night was watching Joel Osteen and he said, make sure you're in a Bible-based church. And my mom was like, well, aren't all churches Bible-based? And then the next Sunday at Catholic mass, she was looking around and there was no Bibles in the pews. She was like, Oh, maybe this is a problem. Um, so yeah, she just started to dig deeper into what the Bible says about things, what the gospel was. And she came to a realization of, you know, that the Catholic church isn't, isn't teaching the true gospel for what it is. Um, and they're kind of twisting things in some ways. And so, yeah. So then around, that was when I was five, she was kind of coming out of that. And then that same year is when we started doing foster care as well. Wow. And what, what would you say was like uh, the most challenging part of having, uh, of doing this, you know, like fostering kids, because one, um, witnessing to them and Mm -hmm. making sure that you are being an example to them. But again, we're simple human, right? So what was that like for you? Yeah, definitely. It takes a toll on your patients. That is, you know, you ask God to help you work on your patients. He gives you, um, instances to work on it. So it's just hard to, you know, handle everything with grace and love because a lot of times these kids will act out in a way or treat you in a way that is just an accumulation of all their emotions of the circumstances they've been in or the ways that they've seen, you know, maybe their parents act to one another or their parents act to them, then they're acting aggressively or rudely or talking rudely to us. And so just figuring out how to navigate those situations with grace and love and patience. And yeah, it's definitely no one's perfect, but yeah, that's been, that was definitely the hardest part and something that I've grown in a lot too. And how will you describe yourself before you came to Christ? Like what was Presley like? Uh, before coming to really to salvation? Yeah, well, so I guess, thankfully, I grew up in, you know, a Christian home. I knew who Christ was. Um, so I, and I came to know Christ at an early age. So, but I guess just viewed things differently. I definitely didn't understand the love and compassion of Christ um, prior to understanding the gospel. Um And afterwards felt like I now knowing this could live differently and treat others differently too. Mm -hmm. And so how was the process for you? You're introduced to the gospel. What is it that changed? You know, like uh, what's new? Mm -hmm. What what is the the new life like? How do you get to that point of like, oh, so I guess I didn't have the full truth, right? I love like the the name of your podcast, which is Chasing Truth, right? Mm -hmm. Like finding the truth. Of the gospel. Yeah. So how do you come to that point in your life? Yeah. Coming to that point when I was around nine and understanding the message of the gospel, I, you know, I questioned, was I, was I saved then? Or was I saved around my freshman year when I really like felt that desire to learn more about Christ? Who knows? <laughs> um, but I think something within that time that I wrestled with was, um, you know, assurance of salvation. Cause when I was younger, I, I prayed the prayer of salvation, but I prayed it every week and it was almost like, Oh, I better pray it one more time just to make sure, you know, I I didn't act great this week. Maybe I should pray it again. Um, so transitioning from that understanding of, you know, it's maybe not for sure. And then the understanding of the gospel in its depth of, you know, I am justified in Christ. I'm I'm God is not going to lose me from his grasp, you know, and understanding that just the assurity of salvation and what the understanding of the gospel truly is that that transition was incredible to me. And what changed after that? So after that point, um, what are some of the changes that you got to see in your life? Um, new desires or yeah. Well, what was life like after that point? Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about worldview so much on our podcast and I think everything changes just the way, Mm -hmm. the way you view yourself, the world around you, the purpose of your life. Um, it all changes when you understand who God is and who he says we are and, um, the implications of the message of the gospel within our lives. Yeah. And crazy because I, I can relate a lot to 
uh, your story because I didn't grow up, but mine is the opposite. So I didn't grow up with my mom. I grew up mm-hmm. with my dad in a Catholic okay. home. <laughs> okay. So, uh, that's, uh, that's crazy to hear. And just to see God's grace in our life, right? Um, mm-hmm. To finally bring it to the truth uh, of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now I want to I want to pass it on to uh, Grace. Then, so oh, Grace, tell me a little bit about your childhood. What it was like like growing up for you? And yeah, okay, yeah. So I was raised in a Christian home. My parents loved the Lord and served the Lord. My grandparents, my grandpa is a pastor. My other grandparents loved the Lord. Um, just kind of, I mean, you can't it, at least in my family circle, like you could not escape getting loved on and share the gospel with it at any family function. So there really was no hope for me. Just kidding. Um, so I think, I think I was probably shared the gospel on day one <laughs> and I was homeschooled. So, you know, science class was Genesis and history class was the gospels and acts. And then English was in Psalms. Not really. We had real curriculum, but it was all from a biblical worldview, which I just, I just appreciate so much of my parents homeschooling me until high school and giving me that foundation and just teaching me to love the Lord. I, I honestly, and it's kind of similar to Presley. Like I didn't really grasp what the gospel was until probably sophomore year of high school, maybe junior year. But ever since age three, at age three, I was in a VBS and I prayed the prayer. And if I was saved then, who knows? I remember praying the prayer again every night at dinner when I was five. But regardless of if I if I had accepted Christ, if my heart had been changed or not at that point, I, I knew the difference between life and death. I fully trusted what the Bible said, what I was learning in church. And I knew that, you know, life with Jesus equals life. And then, you know, life without Jesus equals death. My eyes were open to the reality of life and death. Um, and then I think that, you know, just regeneration, I think it was kind of a slow process of me growing up and actually understanding what the gospel means. I think that a lot of times for kids who grow up in, you know, that kind of an environment where Bible is just thrown at you every day, it can become seemingly like mundane sometimes kind of basic. I, for myself, fell into legalism for a while, but just realizing like what justification is and coming to an understanding of the Bible in the view of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And it was like Presley said, it just, it just clicked. So that was probably sophomore to junior year around. And that's when I met Presley and we started going to church together. And I mean, I feel like I've kind of been we, at a, we would talk theology on, oh, yeah. on seven mile runs. And yes. Yes. You talk about a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think my favorite part, just going back to growing up, I feel like this is kind of all over the place. Sorry, but growing up, I always, I always had theology to think about. I loved hard questions, deep questions. I would talk to my dad. We always went back and forth on, you know, catastrophism or um, eschatology, that kind of stuff. And so I just, I've always loved learning. And then when I realized, oh my goodness, the doctrine of justification is incredible. And then fitting everything else in view of that. I mean, I feel like I've been on a spiritual high ever since. But so. no, because I've had people also in the podcast that they grow up in a Christian home and again, homeschool probably, or they get in the Bible, the word of God, like from every angle, like in the way that yep. you describe it, I love the way that she described it, history, English. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much, so, so, pretty much. So pretty much, right? Yeah. But still it's like, one, salvation is not inherent. Uh, it's not no. something that you, your family, it's a Christian and now you get, no, that salvation is individual. It's an individually, you know, yeah. the individual work of the Lord, right. In every person's mm-hmm. life. So yeah. what were some of the things that you look back and you see that, um, though you were being taught the word of God at a young age, what were some of the things that you struggle? Because, you know, like we are sinful, you know, we are mm-hmm. death and, you know, yeah. in our trespasses and sins. So what were some of the things that you saw in your, that you can think back on your life? Well, I was a sinner. I think we can just cut it there. <laughs> I mean, I, I was definitely like, I had a complete understanding, not a complete understanding, but I understood 
the reality of the gospel. And I understood. And again, just kind of falling into legalism there with, okay, I can't do this. Can't do this. Have to do this, have to do that. And I knew, you know, life, death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. I didn't really understand doctrines behind that. So I, and I, I mean, it wasn't a complete understanding. Obviously I was very, very young, but I definitely still, I'm like, I wasn't perfect. And it it definitely wasn't something that I inherited. Um, The fact that I love God and, you know, didn't turn out crazy is by the grace of God, because I, in myself, in my natural human self, I should have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. It's just been, I mean, my eyes were opened and I loved the Lord all growing up. Sometimes, sometimes I think also you, you love God and you memorize scripture and then you're like, mom and dad, look what I did today. Um, just to make your family proud of you. And for me being in a bigger family, attention was very limited. So you're always trying to impress your family and always trying to make them happy. And then when I came to realize what the gospel is, understanding the freedom that is in that, the freedom from comparing myself to other people, the freedom from trying to be the best, the freedom from like, I'm not enough, God, I need you. Like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I can't do it by myself. And just the freedom that's in that was a huge burden that was just lifted off my shoulders. Mm -hmm. And what about afterwards? Like after now the gospel, it just make now you fully, you know, like I understand this, like uh, the Lord opened my heart and like, gave me a new heart and opened my eyes mm-hmm. to, to, to see yeah. the truth. Yeah. What was, what are some of the changes? What changes in your life? What are some of the new things that you just see now that you didn't have before? Well, definitely a love for people before I was very judgmental and I would see stuff and I'd be like, Oh, well, I would never do that. Oh, Oh, wow. Yikes. But now that I understand who God really is and who I really am in light of his holiness, I see other people and I just want to love on them. And I just want to, you know, just come alongside and share the gospel with them. And Mm -hmm. just truly being able to love people in the view of how God loves them because of how God loves me, because of who I truly am. That's probably been the biggest heart change. The other one I would say would be growing up in a Christian home with very Christian values in my education and um, just upbringing. When I did go to public school, there are a lot of doubts that can come with that. There are a lot of things in, I would say, especially the English program, not just science, but the English program that get you to doubt. Oh, but what about this? Oh, but what about, what about this? So one of the things that I really struggled with until I came to a grasp of the gospel was the selfishness of God and viewing God as like, because I was raised in more of a Calvinist reformed um, theology and saying, oh my goodness, I have no free will. God wants me to do this. He's just selfish and not understanding that selfish for God is salvation for me. I should delight in the law of the Lord, delight in the selfishness of God, delight in his, like he maybe doesn't save everyone, but the fact that he saves some is incredible. Mm -hmm. And just coming to that understanding of taking all my doubts and all my fears, all my questions and saying, okay, the gospel is the answer. I just need to dig in and figure it out because I can't as a creature bring an issue to the creator. The issue is me. Mm -hmm. He is perfect. So understanding that when I truly grasped the gospel, because I knew Bible, I knew Bible. And I knew how to question the Bible, but it all makes sense when you look at it through the gospel. So that was probably another big one. And I want to go back to uh, probably because you were homeschooled. Were you homeschooled as well, uh, Presley? Or no, no. Okay. So that now I want to hear about the dynamic between your both of your families, right? Because we have uh, Presley's, whose father is not in the picture; it's just her mom, right? But then now we have you, Grace, right? That you're being raised basically at home with your mom, what is the, what are your parents' role in teaching you the word of God? What is their involvement? What is the family dynamic in making sure that they're teaching you the ways of the Lord at home? 
Yeah. So my mom was an incredible, incredible teacher to me. Um, she's literally just the most incredible woman. (laughs) That's I, every time I talk about her, I'm like, she's my biggest role model and the ways that she has cared for me and taught me about Christ and, um, taught me the things I know about the Bible. And then the other children in our home while owning and directing her own business. So she owns a childcare facility um, and just loving on the children there and being a light to her employees. Um, Yeah. So she's played a huge role in teaching me what I know and just um, helping me become who I am. Mm, Yeah. And how important that is, right? That's why I I really want to ask the question because it, it, it starts at home. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't end just with going to church and, you know, listening to the pastor or Sunday school, but it's, there is a part of home that needs to be played mm-hmm. by the parents. Right. Yeah. And so sure. what about for you, uh, uh, Grace? Um, I would say that throughout, even throughout education, you know, Bible was always involved. God was always involved in my education, but I think that the biggest, most important thing for me growing up was my mom forcing me to memorize scripture. That was huge. She would have this competition with my siblings and I, we would try to memorize whole chapters. And I honestly hated it. I did not want to do it, but she forced me to memorize scripture, which later on when I understood the gospel has been super helpful, but actually probably the biggest influence that my parents have had in my life was just my dad taking the time to listen and talk with me. I have the tendency to throw out questions that, you know, maybe don't have answers or questions that maybe we don't know. And just wrestling with concepts. I've always been someone that, you know, kind of questions and doubts everything and has a lot of thoughts. So, I mean, even since I was little, my dad would just listen and say, okay, what about this? Okay. What about this and not telling me, you know, what the truth, not necessarily telling me and giving me a lecture to answer my question, but just leading me with questions so that I kept digging further and we could have conversations about God and conversations. And then just always leading me back to, okay, let's look in God's word now. Okay. Let's, let's look at what this person, how they explain it. Because if I'm not understanding something, he was just very patient in, um, helping me and just, just being there to listen and talk was probably, probably one of the biggest, biggest parts of, um, me growing to love the Lord. Um, yeah, that was big. That's something that, you know, I guess families who are not believers, they completely miss that the importance of really being involved in their child's life. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like in that this generation specifically, you know, uh, we live in a culture where parents are letting the TV basically educate their children, teach mm-hmm. them who they are supposed to be, which is completely wrong <laughs> because now they're telling them that it could be something else when that's not what the word of God says, right? So mm-hmm. it's just like really um, bringing those values to them and really teaching them, look, this is what the word of God says that you are. This is how God created you to be. Um, mm-hmm. And yet, you know, the easiest way for them because they're so tired of working and providing for the family that now, you know, they don't take the energy. Like they don't, they don't Mm -hmm. invest in really Mm -hmm. finding out what's going on to their minds. Like, what are Mm -hmm. you exposing yourself to? Like, what are you watching? What do you know? Like, that's definitely something so important of, um, that I see now the importance of, of, and I'm so thankful. My mom continuously reminded me and pointing me, pointed me back to scripture throughout my entire, um, public education system, because I would come home and tell her, you know, this is what we learned in science class. This is what we learned in history. And, and, um, especially things with science class, she'd be like, okay, you know, they may be teaching that, but here's what the Bible says. Here's Mm -hmm. what we believe. You don't have to believe everything they're saying. Um, and I think that's so important. And, and really just takes a burden off because a lot of people maybe will feel like, you know, I I need to homeschool my children. What if I, what if I can't, well, there's, there's grace in that of discerning um, what you should do. And if you're unable to, you know, that's where the importance comes in of continuously teaching your child, the gospel and pointing them back to scripture and, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, pointing out where the public school may be wrong and things. So, and ultimately just. I mean, my, I mean, I'm not a mom, but from, from the people, from the, yeah, from the environment of, you know, being connected to a lot of homeschool families and seeing a lot of, 
you know, just very devout families that homeschool their kids and then their kids graduate from high school and go to college and just kind of fall away is probably a nicer way of saying it. I think that just resting in God's sovereignty is also just so huge because it is God who saves. It is God who gives understanding. It is God who is sovereign in our salvation. And I could have and should have been someone who did not love the Lord, but it's his grace. So ultimately just prayer is so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We say that all the time because I, I mean, I, I see the significance of my mom pointing me back to scripture throughout my Mm -hmm. education, but we say all the time, like it is solely by the grace of God that I, that we came out of the public school education because grace came to public school and high school Mm -hmm. that we came out with the biblical worldviews that we have because the things that they are pushing in public education, it's crazy. (laughs) Yeah. It's not. And we're from the Midwest. Like it's probably a lot worse on the coasts. Oh yeah. I, I went, I, when I moved to, um, New York from Dominican Republic, I started in eighth grade, but at that point I wasn't a believer yet. Right. So I Mm -hmm. be the Lord saved me around like almost like, uh, ending my high school years, I think going into college and then the things that they're teaching you in college too. It's like, oh my gosh. you know, it's like, wait, I'm learning this and, and then I have this now, mm-hmm. what do you mean? You know? So yeah. that's why uh, really um, studying scripture is so important because then the world's yeah. going to come and bring you some other ideas and teachings and things that it's just completely against the mm-hmm. word of God. And it's like, okay, yeah. so how are, am I going to uh, face this? How am I going to Mm-hmm. Um, really listen or to what can I take in or why should, what shouldn't I take in, you know, from everything that I'm being taught. So yes, it, it, yeah. it is really important. You know, I, I hear then that you guys then meet in high school, you're starting to talk about theology, which is amazing because then now mm-hmm. you both have the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So yes. how do you both come to this, you know, to this whole idea of like, Hey, let's do a podcast together. <laughs> Yeah, oh, it's kind of an accident. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? so an intentional no accident. accident. <laughs> so no yeah, I I mean, I started talking to Grace and I invited her to some church functions and um, Bible studies. And I, I mean, I talked to everyone about Jesus, like literally, <laughs> literally, if you had a conversation with me that didn't involve Christ, I, it's an <laughs> off day. That's weird. That doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we started going to these things together and on the car rides there, we just have these super in-depth conversations and on our runs together. And, and then one night we were talking and the, did we say it that night? Yeah. We finished, we finished this really in-depth conversation about what I don't remember. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I go, that should have been a podcast. And Grace was was like, like, you want to start one? Yeah. She was like, yeah, it should have been. She's like, we could start one. And I I was like, I was serious, but I didn't think she was, but I was serious. (laughs) And so I was like, yeah, we should. I've actually, because, because I had actually been thinking like, I would love to have a podcast. Um, and so I didn't, I thought she was joking. She thought I was joking. Then the next day we like called each other, reconvened. We weren't joking. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, I I actually wasn't joking. She's like, okay, I wasn't either. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and that was about a year before we even released anything because we just realized in studying, like, oh my goodness, I don't know anything. <laughs> so, and like, we, we knew ideas and we knew how to ask questions and we also, we, we had the gospel, right. But we, things, but. We, we really just wanted to make sure we had prepared for, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the episodes that we've released, we'd been working on for months and months just because we wanted to make sure we weren't, you know, leading people incorrectly. So then the next year in August, we released mm-hmm. and here we are. Yeah. That that was last year you said that you guys on August, that's when you released your first episode? Yeah. Last August, yes. Okay. And let me ask you a little bit about that since you're about the preparation and everything and the topics. How do you both choose a topic? Because I remember listening to uh one of the episodes. So you guys had planned to uh talk about something, but then you change it into talking into the uh Rabbi Zachariah where the whole thing happened, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how do you go by choosing these topics? Like what made you choose like okay, so let's talk about this and how long does it take you to prepare 
each one so, of those episodes. <laughs> yeah. At first it was taking us a while. Um, yeah. You know, when we were first figuring out how do you, how do you outline a podcast episode? How do you do all this? That maybe took us like a month to do an episode, especially if it's conversation based, trying to take something and be accurate and be able to eloquently state it and explain it. And then make it a conversation and then make it kind of informal. That was very hard. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we're still, we're so young, we're still learning it's trial and error, but, uh, we've gotten better at preparing and outlining what we want to talk about. At first we were kind of just doing, um, cultural issues of, you know, just kind of going every deciding like a couple weeks prior, what do we want to talk about this week? And I'm figuring that out now, starting this new, um, this new year, we started a series on how to read the Bible for what the Bible really says and kind of talking about doctrines surrounding the Bible and hermeneutics. Um, so that was kind of our plan going into this year. And, and I'd say that all of our subject matter kind of just comes from conversation. We'll just start talking about something and we're like, okay, that's good. And while Presley talks, I take notes. And when I talk, mm-hmm. Presley takes notes and our conversations, I mean, they have to be God led. <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not us or, or just questions that we have come in and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, sure. We can, we'd love to do an episode yeah. addressing that's that. Cause one. a lot of, so our justification one, we've, we've gotten lots of questions on that and had, have had lots of quite lots of conversations over that. So that was, yeah, that was one reason. Yeah. And just wondering, do you ladies have like someone that uh, keeps you accountable, like, or that people that you can go to and and you're like, Hey, can you just kind of read through this that we're going to be talking about? Like, do you consult with anyone else? Like, you know, whether at your church or families or anything like Mm. that before you even go on recording your, any episode? Yeah. So we have an incredible women's Bible study group Mm -hmm. that we are part of that we have conversations similar to the things that we are talking about with every week Mm -hmm. and just question things and wrestle, um, but on, on things with them. And yeah, they're so wonderful in, in giving us wisdom and guidance and, I'm just so we talk, it's almost every week. We're like, we're so great, grateful for this group of women that we have. Yeah. And then obviously just having the both of us constantly going, wait, is that heresy? (laughs) Let's double check. (laughs) Yeah. And then we, we research a lot for each episode. We spend several hours in that too, on Mm -hmm. our own time and together. So, um, like we were mentioning in the beginning. So you guys uh, did an episode about why abortion is accepted. But mm. then also you guys was like, um, so basically in this episode, we discuss how our, our self-culture has justified abortion. So first of all, what is this whole self? And I, I'm sorry, I know that I didn't send you ladies this question, but you know, like just <laughs> okay. if you can answer it to the best, you, you know, the best you can, that's totally fine. So yeah. what is this whole self love culture? What is it about? What is it that they're Cause I'm, you know, I, I, I hear it a lot and I see mm-hmm. it a lot from even some of my friends that they profess to believe in Christ. And yet this is the whole thing that they're sharing on social media. So what is a self-love culture about? Well, simply stated, it's about the self. It's, yeah. it's primarily elevating self above all else. Um, your needs, your desires, your convenience, your happiness. It's all about me, me, me. Um, And yeah, it seeks to primarily serve yourself, um, glorify you and, um, yeah. Yeah. It, it stems from kind of even a new age, um, ideology and I mean, it's just influ it's infiltrated everywhere. It's infiltrated Christians who read the Bible in, you know, how does this apply to me? How is they put them insert yourself here, hermeneutics, mm-hmm. or, you know, if I were David, how could I apply this lesson to today? Instead of saying, okay, Christ, how mm-hmm. does this point to Christ? So we see it influencing the church. We see it influencing Christian culture, but then also it's influencing, or it's trying to influence our culture's definition of truth. It's trying to say all truth is just subjective. You know, we can't offend other people because their definitions of something might be different from ours, which can be true. Like in opinions, I like pizza. Somebody might not, I don't know, <laughs> but when it comes to life and death and the truth that God defines in his word, um, I mean, God created reality. So there mm-hmm. is objective truth and what's natural to God is our reality because he cannot go against his nature. And we obviously don't live in 
we live in our sinful nature, but you know, the salvation and the laws that God has established are objective for everyone and they are not contingent on our opinions and feelings, Mm -hmm. but the culture, the me, the self-love culture has very much tried to change that. That's where we get a lot of, um, I don't know, just condoning everything really. Mm -hmm. Um, so that there is no, no judgment, um, yeah, which, Lo- yeah, acceptance is seen as love, yeah. um, which is not, is so twisted. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the next thing that you guys said was that, uh, self-culture has justified abortion. So can you just explain a little bit about how that has happened to how it has, um, mm-hmm. basically, you know, justified abortion. Um, I, yeah, well, quickly, I was just going to say, I mean, well, like we said previously, it's, it's the elevation of self and, uh, in a nutshell, when, when the self is elevated above all else and put on the highest throne, then that's when, um, killing a child for your convenience or your mental health or your happiness is accepted. And that's, the, it becomes the right answer. That's when you have that worldview. Yeah. yeah. And if that's your truth that you've created, um, and you've accepted, then that's, that's when that comes into play. And yeah, what were you going to say? Yeah. I was just going to say that a lot of times the self-culture sees the self as God. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of people, rather than seeing life and seeing humans and seeing everything, the way that God sees them. And I mean, even scientifically, we know that life begins at conception. We know that it's, it shouldn't logically be acceptable to kill a baby 20 weeks before they're born or 20 weeks after we know this. But self-culture taking the place of God and not seeing things the way that God would see them. And then again, just being able to sacrifice instead of me sacrificing my convenience, maybe to take after a child who is made in the image of God, who is a gift from God, who is life that God created. I could sacrifice to myself for my own convenience for my own time. It just flips it. That Mm -hmm. way I can sacrifice that child for myself. So that's kind of how we talked about um, the self-love movement and how, um, it can justify abortion in that episode. Yeah. And that's episode three. If anyone is interested in, um, listening more about it. Uh, yeah. And I think that's what I keep seeing. I love what you guys said that, uh, previously that it has infiltrated like, uh, Christians. It it Mm -hmm. has become part. And I, and that's true because I've seen it. I've heard it from, so many professing Christians and that's mm-hmm. what I've seen them, you know, posting on social media, promoting mm-hmm. that, that self-love, like love yourself, um, be kind to yourself or it, it's just like all this, uh, you know, yeah. And it's just that it's from this culture, right? Yes. It's a, tr- it's just confused because, yeah. because God would call us to, I mean, he does, he does value us. He does want us to love ourselves. Um, he does want us to take care of our bodies. He's given us our bodies and we should, we should take a day to rest and care for ourselves. But when, when love is seen as complete and entire acceptance, which is what they're implying, that's where it's twisted and not biblical because, because God also says that we are sinners and yeah. can't accept everything that he calls sin. And so that's where, that's where the worldview is, is twisted. Yeah. And we talk all the time about, you know, Jesus didn't die to love you for who you are. <laughs> Jesus died to save you from, save you from who you are, which means that there's a problem with where you are in your natural self. You are, yeah. I mean, it talks about in Romans three, no one does good. No one seeks God. There's none righteous, no, not one. So there's an issue with the natural human. There's an issue with me just being me because me just being me is a sinful human being that deserves the wrath of God. But which is hard to handle, which is hard. It's hard. It's, it's not nice, but I mean, that's our definition of nice. God doesn't always act in human terms Mm -hmm. that our culture, you know, coins. Um, but the definitions of God's love is so much greater than acceptance. It's forgiveness. It's eternal life. It's justification. It's adoption into the family. Adoption. It's, you know, he traded his righteous, his righteousness for our sin. There, there's no love greater than that. Mm-hmm. That great exchange, right? And mm-hmm. I mean, even if we go to the word of God, he says, you know, to love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind and soul, right? And love your neighbor. But mm-hmm. I don't think 
you know, like the commands was like, love yourself above, you know, like, so that's where it comes. Like Mm -hmm. what is that the Mm -hmm. word of God command me to do? Right. And then it it turns into this whole thing of like self-empowerment too. Like, you know, like when you overcome, when you are able to, for example, uh, let's say anorexia, right. Anorexia. I have a friend who struggled with that and how she promote herself because, oh, I overcame this, you know, like, but you know, it's like, that's where it comes. It's like, we can truly overcome something. Like we can truly be healed for anything when we're saved, when we are truly coming to the understanding, I can do anything on my own strength, but it's through Christ that I can do anything in my mm-hmm. life. And I think I love what you quoted, uh, Grace, also, because one of my favorite Psalms now that has become like truly one of my favorites, Psalm 14, where it mm-hmm. says that there's no one good, not even one. And and, and even the other day, I was uh, watching a video, um, I think it was like a, uh, a video on, on Instagram, and they were talking about this, uh, someone that I know, and they were talking about how people who are uh, doing like, when they act and doing something wrong or they do something bad to another person it's because this person the reason why behind it it's because this person was like uh mistreated it's because this probably they were abused or something like that but then and and you know that because the human heart this isn't and i'm just quoting i'm just paraphrasing what they were saying it's like mm-hmm. because the human heart for uh, in itself it wouldn't you know it wouldn't seek to do any bad things like it wouldn't like Mm -hmm. it's not the natural um it's not natural for the human heart to want to do something bad yes it is because we're sinful we are born like with sins you know and 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 that's what 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 where it comes to like knowing the word of god right what the word of god Mm -hmm. says about us because we truly want to make ourselves believe that we are just maybe not as bad as the the next person the person next to us right and and we start like um put in the balance Wing. there, like, you know, yeah, how bad am I, you know, like, and, and that's not how God doesn't know we are separated from God. There is nothing we yeah. can do to restore our relationship with God. And this is what this whole culture, you know, it's doing that now it's like twisting everything. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think going back to my testimony, one of the first steps to me realizing my depravity and just God's holiness and understanding the greatness of the gospel was when I was teaching to little kids, the story of Noah, which we would think very basic, very basic. I mean, how many times have I heard that story? Probably a thousand, but just realizing that God looked and saw that the mind of man was on only on evil continually yet. He saved Noah. And then going on in Psalms 14, none is righteous, none at one. And then in Romans. So God knowing that I would be here today and still reject him and still go against him, knowing that, you know, just knowing that we would still go against him. He saved Noah. He didn't have to save Noah, but he did. He saved Noah. He, then he came and died for us. Like that for me, I was like, Oh my goodness, I am such a sinner. And Christ did not have to do that for me. He did not. (laughs) And yet that was his love towards me not for the sake of him needing glory. Like he is completely sufficient on his own, but that he desires to make his glory known to me through me. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I love the other day. Also, I saw one of those, uh, an old video from RC Sproul. Hmm. I think they were asking him about, yeah. Why will God choose some for salvation? Right. And his, why would God choose fun. any? Why would he choose yeah. any? Yeah. No, he was like, how dare you? Yeah. yeah. Ask, you know? Oh, is that the, is that the one what where he's like, wrong what's wrong with you people? people? <laughs> yeah. Classic. Like, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. how dare you? Like, you know, I think even like the story of Job, you know, like when he is yeah. questioning God. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite chapter, 38. Yes. Who are you? You know, answer me like a man. Tell me if you have understanding. Like, I literally am God. I give you knowledge. I give you understanding. And yet you choose to question me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was something that very much convicted me. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh. That was like me. Um, yeah. uh, that was me probably. In 2020, mm-hmm. well, 2019 to 2020, when my 
um, well, we were just engaged, my husband and I now, that he was like going through a sickness that lasted very long, like mm-hmm. about seven mm-hmm. months. It was wow. difficult, but it yeah. was more difficult for him. And yet how many times I found myself asking the Lord why? And I honestly, during that period of time, I read through the entire book of Job. And when I found mm-hmm. myself in that chapter, it was like, Oh my word. It just, Mm -hmm. it just hit home. Like, Oh man, like that's what I'm doing. But praise the Lord, because you know, it's like, it brings you to really confess the sins. Like, why am I, uh, Mm -hmm. why am I questioning the creator? Like, Mm -hmm. where was I before the creation of the world? Or right. I was like, I wasn't even there, you know, like, who are you to question the Lord who created everything, the heavens and the earth and who has Mm -hmm. chosen, like we don't, we deserve hell. And like you Mm -hmm. said, like, how yes. merciful it is that the Lord would choose any of us, you know, mm-hmm. us. Absolutely. To be and kind of going back to what we were talking about when you bring up, you know, who are we to question the creator in the same way with the self-love me culture, who are you to try and create your own truth mm-hmm. and change from what the creator of the yeah. universe has said is truth and reality. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that- yeah. And I think, I think going back to what your, the point that you were making of, you know, who am I to question my believer? Who am I to change what he says? Who am I to cherry pick scripture, his word? Um, I think that, I mean, and it says in Romans, it says in scripture, you know, the truth is folly to a mind that does not understand God, that is not given um, the understanding that God graciously gives and allows. And I think that in Job, you know, we see, we see God saying, you know, who are you to say this to me? And like, wow, that's kind of mean. That's not very nice. So God is without checks and balances. God is, but you have to remember, and this was big for me, just remembering that, you know, God is sovereign and that's a good thing because his character is one that is beyond reproof. His character, his perfect righteousness is what allows me to trust that God's sovereignty is always the best sovereignty. It's always the best decision. It's always the best outcome because ultimately he chose to save me through his sovereignty. So just remembering that the goodness of God and the righteous, just righteous and holiness of God, that we should want to trust God. We should want to give him all authority because he is perfect. We are not. Yeah. Yeah, We're not. That's definitely something self-love doesn't understand. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about me, right? That's the whole Mm -hmm. culture. And yeah. uh, I mean, and just like even, you know, as we, were so, as we were talking about Job, like the Lord didn't speak directly, you know, like for a long time to him. And he is like, yeah. you know, inquiring of the Lord. Mm-hmm. But just to see when he speaks, it's like, what else can you say? You know, like yeah. it brings Job to mm-hmm. repent. And that's mm-hmm. what it should do, right? For if we are true believers that we we would repent. And I love, I, I don't know, I can't remember where exactly, but. Uh, that verse that says that God is not man that he should. Um, who is man that he, who is God that oh, he is God is not man that he should. I think it's, it's in Hosea or something oh. like that, like something like that. But it's like, you know, like the Lord doesn't change. We change. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word of God mm-hmm. doesn't change. We mm-hmm. change. The word True. of God won't change because the culture is changing. The word of God will remain the same. It was mm-hmm. the same yesterday, today and forever. Right. And that's something mm-hmm. that we need to, re- to, re- to remind ourselves that just because uh, the entire world keeps moving forward and changes, the word of God won't change. And we can't now pretend that we, we have to, you know, adapt the word of God to the culture. No, yeah. mm-hmm. it yeah. has to be what it is, what it has been for all these years. Right. And that's something yeah. that a lot of people nowadays are trying to do too. <laughs> yeah. And that's actually something that I really struggled with was, was okay. You know, God, I don't, I, I mean, some of the things that are in the Bible are very offensive. I don't understand why you would say this. I don't, I don't get it. And saying, you know, God, why can you create a culture that changes and yet you don't change? Like I, I struggled with that for a long time, but I mean, it says in scripture, God says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. God says that his words don't, don't change. So I have to rest in, okay, God said it. I believe it. But also it says that there's nothing new under the sun while, you know, resistance towards God's may come in many different forms. Ultimately, human nature has always been the same human nature has always been fallen. So I'm not shocked by everything that happens, even though it seems to spiral, it's the same sinful nature that's been there since the fall. And just trusting that, you know, maybe our culture really doesn't change. It just 
morphs and there's just different things that my eyes are opened to and that I see in my day to day, but God doesn't change. He doesn't because he says he doesn't. And I trust him because he is perfect. Yeah. And I think even Paul, you know, um, mentions to Timothy, right? I think it's in first or second Timothy, how uh, there will be men that will be given and, you know, like into the self-love and, you know, it's all about mm-hmm. like, it, and Love we see it so vivid in the culture mm-hmm. that we are living in, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, mm-hmm. The, the, the world hates God. Mm-hmm. And I think it was my husband and I, we were talking with a friend also about how the law, the law of the Lord has been written in everyone's heart, right? It's in everyone's heart, but because, you know, like our sins, right? And people, they just suppress their conscience. And like, when it tells them that there's something bad, right? What you're doing probably mm-hmm. is not good. They suppress it so much to the point that they don't hear their conscience anymore. And it mm-hmm. becomes yeah. so normal for them. And, and that's why they can just continue and on, you know, yeah. doing whatever the flesh leads them to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the, what we as Christians need to be very careful with our conscience, right? Like, and not that, that the conscience is always right, right? Because it, it's only when we are reading the, the word of God that we will be convicted of those things, right? Mm-hmm. That, hey, mm-hmm. there is yeah. probably a sin in your heart that you need to confess. So don't, we can't just ignore it, but we have to come before the Lord and really confess that because the more we just press and suppress it, it will come to a point that we won't even hear it anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you ladies did also one in the, well, I don't know if it was an episode, but you guys uh, were posting a little bit more about the whole equality. Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Did you guys do uh, an episode on that or are you playing? We didn't do an episode on that. That was just more of an informational graphic of, you know, okay, this is the Equality Act. This is what it does because there were several, several sections. And I just had heard a lot of chatter on social media and I was like, what even is this? What does it do? So then we just made, (laughs) we just made a little graphic of it and posted it and people found it very helpful. So we were glad to help. I was actually reading it to my husband when we were, Mm -hmm. I think we were driving. And yeah. I was just reading and I was like, whoa, okay, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So why do you think that um, our young generations should be very aware of this or even Christian, you know, Christians? Why should we, you be aware of this? And why is it important that you are informing yourself of the different movements that are out there? Well, I mean, it's good to, I mean, it's good to know, I guess, just be watchful and watchful of your souls and taking everything that you hear and just being conscious to like, okay, I heard this. Does it line up with the word of God? Because whether we like it or not, we hear and we are given so much information today. And a lot of times we can tend to just accept it or reject it based on, you know, our own feelings of, you know, the statements or our own limited comprehension of them, but taking everything to the word of God is just so, so important really. And just seeing everything in light of the gospel and seeing everything in light of the truth that God gives us of our own depravity and his holiness. Um, it's good to, it's good to, you know, know things and it's obviously good to be involved in the culture and to be involved in politics for the sake of preaching truth, obviously, first and foremost, but it's good to be involved because Mm -hmm. as Christians, we should, I mean, we can't just be quiet. We're supposed to talk and we're supposed to lead with the gospel. So why do we think abortion is wrong? Well, (laughs) because God says it's wrong. Just, um, just to be aware of, you know, what's going on with these different policies and what would the implications be to, um, the places that we are in our churches, you know, I think that was, you know, one of the main reasons we wanted to make the infographic infographic is to shed light on, okay, if this passes, what are the implications for, especially Christians, Christian communities and churches? Yeah. Yeah. And now, um, moving forward and just changing the topic a little bit. Um, so you guys are also part of the BART network. Uh, that's Mm -hmm. how we, uh, came to, you know, know each other. So how did you guys uh, came to know about the BART network? How do you come, you know, part of this network? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we talked about this before we started recording, but we're from Omaha, Nebraska. So we know Virgil Walker from the Just Thinking podcast very well. 
Um, and he introduced us to Dwayne Atkinson, who is the um, founder of the Bar Network, kind of just proposed the idea to us of, hey, if you want to get started with this podcast, here's a wonderful network you could be on. Um, we just like were very unsure of the podcast world as a whole. And we were like, oh, OK, awesome. You know, we'll consider. And and so then we got further into things, got um, better at things, learned things. And then we, were, we finally reached out to, to Dwayne and we were like, if you would be willing to have a song we would love to join um yeah and, and also we just for a while Dwayne even reached out to us when we first started and was like okay you guys ready to do merch and we were like uh, you have no idea what we're doing yeah um I don't know <laughs> so so yeah. he's been he's been so helpful and so great and so has Virgil and just being mm-hmm. I mean number one just so encouraging and um teaching us I mean he taught a bible study we were in so mm-hmm. that's probably been they've both just been so wonderful they're so awesome yeah well i haven't met virgil yet (laughs) but i know that Dwayne has been (laughs) a great uh, you know a great blessing to all of us like i was telling him so it's been really nice just to get to know everyone i was telling him like yeah i want to go through the you know down the line of like the the podcast on on the list that we have so that i can have them on the on our podcast and just to get Mm -hmm. to know everyone you know just Mm -hmm. it will be really sweet to to be able to do that absolutely and, yeah yeah so now i would like to know so, some of your favorite books uh or ru- uh, books that you're currently reading i'm gonna go first <laughs> because presley has way more time than me to read a lot more books than me. <laughs> so i'm gonna steal hers <laughs> so i mean first obviously the bible i i mean you, i mean you can't be a christian without saying that i guess um <laughs> And then, <laughs> kidding. Um, probably first or like non the Bible book would probably be Knowing God by J.I. Packer, which Presley and I both love. So good. And then probably my second favorite book would be um, The Attributes of God by A.W. Pink, which is very similar to J.I. Packer. He quotes A.W. Pink a lot, but those two books are just so good. I love the way they're written. I love the way they're outlined i love how they incorporate scripture with every point they make mm-hmm. those are my favorites yeah yeah so uh knowing god so good um the holiness of god by rc sproul was one of my favorites too i love his other books um john MacArthur books read a lot of him i have his study bible i find that very useful yeah. um along the lines of study bibles so the regular ESV Bible, very useful. If anyone needs like advice on study Bibles, John MacArthur, the Reformation study Bible yes. and the ESV are my favorites. Um, so good. So then other books, um, I'm currently reading a book that John MacArthur wrote on anxiety, which is very useful. Um, especially right now with everything going on in the world and the craziness of life. It's so good. Um, I'm also in the middle. I just finished the gospel for real life by Jerry Bridges. That one was very good. And then I'm also currently reading the screw tape letters by CS yeah, Lewis. That's a fun one. And Holy goodness. If you yeah. want to feel convicted of sin and yeah. learn how to fight sin in your life, read screw tape letters. Yeah. I have never um, had my eyes open to sin in the way that devil, the devil works, um, in the way that this book has opened my eyes to that. So praise God for that, because I've been able to, um, I'm just walking through it very slowly because it's, it's a lot to handle in a book. So, and I've just seen in myself already instances where I will start to get upset or get frustrated with something. And I'm like, Oh, this is just the devil trying to worm his way in and upset me and cause me to act in a way that is not loving towards my mom or a friend and just being able to, you know, love, love like Christ and resemble the fruits of the spirit in those cases. And yeah, so those are some a couple books. I'm, I feel like I'm always reading a new one. So <laughs> she reads a lot. I love to read. I guess Grace was right then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, what are three things, three things that you're, uh, that brings you joy? Let's start with Grace. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, true joy can only come from God. And I think that the three things that truly bring me joy are the gospel and the peace and everything that comes along with this, that, and then also just the fellowship that God gives me as a common grace in life, having Presley and having friends that love God and are devoted to his word and learning more about him. 
are such a blessing. So, I mean, I don't even think I realized how important community was until I got really busy and started working, but it's so, so important. So praise God for the friends that I have. Mm -hmm. And then also just family also that just love the Lord and come alongside to help and equip and encourage and challenge and point out things Mm -hmm. and convict. Those are just ways that God brings me joy. Yeah, Presley. I will be more short and concise with my three. <laughs> Jesus, my family, and ice cream. <laughs> ice cream, wow. Yeah. Oh, What's absolutely. Your favorite ice cream. So we have a local place here. Dairy Chef is what it's called. If anyone's in the Omaha area, they'll know. But oh, it's so wonderful. Mm-hmm. So apart from Christ and family. <laughs> I, I mean, food has to bring you joy. Come Talk on. Talk about common <laughs> grace. <laughs> so yeah. I love food. So I understand. <laughs> and my last question, and I don't know if whoever wants to jump in or if you both want to say something in regard, but it's like, the main question, you know, the very last question that I ask. And it's something that I I, will, I always want people to keep in mind when they're listening to the testimonies, when they're listening to all the conversations here, that in the end of the day, it's all about Christ, right? But why do we need Christ? That's a loaded question. Literally everything. <laughs> Literally. Um, well, because of, apart from Christ, we are sinners inside of a holy God. And we, we talk about it a lot with um, a, a bank account. You know, we are we are below, we are in debt and nothing we could ever do could make us zero. But Christ with his righteousness, not only pays our debt, but he imputes his righteousness onto our account. So then we are seen as righteous in the sight of God and can be made new through his sufficient work on the cross, um, which is nothing that we could have ever done on our own through our works or merit or morality, goodness. Um, We need Christ because we need a savior to save us from our sin and to make us right with God so we can have eternal life. Yeah. And just every good thing comes from above. There is no goodness apart from the grace of God. Well, thank you ladies for joining me on this podcast. I hope that I can have you back because that's what we normally do we have you know we like to have our guests back in in another episode so yeah it will be really love to come back maybe we'll have to come back in person because yeah we want to come to california oh yeah (laughs) well and that you know the good thing that happens the great things is since you love food normally when we record in person we have fellowship afterwards and i make dinner for our guests oh my goodness (laughs) yes so whenever you find yourself in the la area let me know and i would love to have you both you know and then we can do an episode together Yes, I'd be so glad. Yeah. (laughs) And this was so fun. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing and for taking this time. And Grace, will you please close us in prayer? Absolutely. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for everything that you do for us. I thank you for the equipment that we have to communicate and to find um, like minded believers in all over the country, all over the world, even. And I just thank you for um, just your grace and your peace and your forgiveness and your love towards us that we've talked about today. You're just so credible. In your name, amen. Amen. amen.